Hello, my name is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 191 of Gaming with Grief. But I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m., so please go there. Let me know what you think of the show. You can also subscribe to the podcast in either Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Spotify, and the audio goes up day and date, uh, Monday at 7 a.m. on YouTube. So subscribe there, like it there, give me all the things. I have noticed there's been a lot of, um, I mean, I'm actually getting data on my podcast from Apple iTunes, which is great. Um, I would just uh, recommend that if you go there, please, uh, you know, give me the stars and rate it at least. So that way, you know, as I've heard many times before, it helps uh, you get circulated a little bit better, stuff like that. You can also write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. So if you want to go there and write me an email, let me know what you think of the show, or if there's a game you want me to review, you can do that. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Jess Little Joe. I think that's it. So I'm just doing this intro really quick. As you know, uh, on my podcast, I played D&D a few times, actual live play things that I did, and I like D&D, and I've talked about it before and how I use it to unwind. And uh, also, there's a new campaign that came out in Dragonlance that I think would be great for the pod. It specifically has to do with grief uh, and stuff like that, and I was kind of blown away by that. But lately, at the end of December, January, somewhere around there, there was a big controversy uh, around D&D and how it handled uh, um, creators, and that was the OGL. And I'll basically get into all that. Uh, I'm having Avon on with the Grief of Politics, because we always do talk about that on the Grief of Politics, about how these things in politics affect real people. And, uh, you know, if this is gaming with grief, if you are making your livelihood off third-party creations for D&D before it was royalty-free, so you could charge whatever you wanted, you didn't have to report it to Wizards. That was in the original OGL 1.0. Well, now there was a leaked draft, like I said, in late December, early January, of how they were updating it. And it basically means that the revenue you take in, you would have to report that to Wizards. And there were several other conditions on there that Avin and I will talk about. But I just wanted to give you this intro really quick. So Avin and I are going to talk about what we think about the whole drama. We'll go over it a bit. And I'll have an outro after this. So, uh, you know, wait a couple seconds. And this is the cool interview we do. Avin, how you doing? How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I sent you a bunch of stuff on the OGL. Mm-hmm. You've seen or read some of it. I mean, really, to catch people up, I just want to... A lot of this stuff has been talked about online. So basically, it was the idea that they were going to change the OGL, Wizards of the Coast, from 1.0 to 1.1, and there was like four main things that were kind of stood out in the document. And one of them was them getting royalties. They wanted to start asking for royalties for third parties, which you and I talked about. Seems reasonable. And I've seen, there's a guy I watch online, his name's Cody. His channel's D4. He does like character deep dives and stuff. He doesn't do, he doesn't make his own content. He's just like, hey, I've looked over this. This would be the coolest thing to do for a wizard or whatever. And he said, you know, this is, for him, he said it makes sense that they would want to do royalties because I think in the agreement it says, hey, we're not going to do this in 2023. It's going to be 2024. So you have a whole year to basically, you know, prepare for us to take royalties. And, you know, if it falls under a certain amount, you don't have to pay them royalties. It's the big people, the big dogs that have to yeah. pay them royalties. So to me, that seems reasonable. Uh, the, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I think, the, the, the next part which sent a lot of people up was that they can change the deal or renegotiate the contract with each individual creator at any time. So, and you would only have 30 days to comply. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are like, wait a minute. Like I've, you know, I've, I'm, I'm hiring artists. I have a print date. You know, we have PDFs going out. Like I have so much going on. I cannot, uh, I cannot just like in 30 days say, Oh, let me fix, let me change everything that I'm doing. You know? So. I mean, in, in my line of work, I could literally get a call in the middle of the day and then just be done. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then I think. Not, oh, go ahead. Not, not me personally, but like our company, like whatever contract we're on, like our client could just be like, "Yeah, we're not happy." So go home. You're like and great. All of the temps that we've hired, all of that's just over. So, you know, there's there there is a balance to that and i understand like oh it's not desirable but i mean let's be honest they're not going to close up shop because of it at least anyone that's making high enough dollar well 
Well, part of the... <clears throat> would even want to charge them fees. Well, the thing with the royalties, which you and I agree with, is like, okay, they're going to start charging royalties. One of the stipulations in there mm-hmm. is that it's revenue. It's not profit. So if you're doing a Kickstarter and have revenue, you still are paying people and paying shipping costs. It, it, it doesn't have to do with profit. So you could actually be in the red even if you have a successful whatever launch. You could still be in the red because it's revenue. It's not profit. So Welcome to the world of business. you got to factor it in, especially when you're using someone else's IP and licensing rights. Yes, it's a pain. I understand it's a frustration when people have had this expectation already set up. Yeah, I think I but think that the, like this is a a complete fluke uh, for business that this company has been like, hey, we're reserving rights to these, but everything else, just do as you please. Like it's it is a complete fluke in the world of business that uh, Wizards has been this free handed, open handed with their IP. Yeah, I I also heard some rumblings online of people that were like. The guy that worked, there was a guy supposedly that worked for them while they were drafting it, and he said, "You know, I, I think this idea is bigger than wizards. Like, the, like you know, this whole thing of telling a story and having rules. Like, it's 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 like I don't want a, I don't just want a corporation to control it. It's a community thing. You know, you want the community to have some stake in. So them creating the OGL was a way for them to have more people contribute in a way. And you know, a lot of creators have talked about that. Um." You know, there's been a correlation between how D and D has exploded and third party content because that same person, Matt Colville, I'll shout him out. He does really good things. He's been a writer on shows and he works. Uh, I think he worked at D and D, but he's done a lot of stuff. He said basically, you know, they knew they couldn't produce enough products, you know, to satiate everybody, and so that's one of the reasons why the OGL has been so successful. Is there's other creators out there saying we'll fill in the gap yeah. of whatever, you know. Even the legal legal video you sent me on YouTube, um, he played a clip from someone else who's already talked about. It yeah, that was Matt Colville. Coming from that was him. That was and, Matt Colville. Okay, yeah, and that was almost exactly almost verbatim for what he said. So basically, I was just going to reaffirm what you were saying, not realizing I was talking about what you were talking about. <laughs> talking about the same guy. Um, now the other item of contention, I think this is a big one, is that Wizards basically will could take your work, like they own in perpetuity your work, if you're mm-hmm. making the third party. And if you look at Wizards' response, they say that was never their intention. But I don't know why they would write that line in the thing. If you look at Wizards' response, they actually explain what they were intending to do in that clause. Um, I have it. I had it up right here. I have it. uh, They don't want people to make NFTs. Uh, They don't want people to make blockchain games, Web3 games. Uh... Under the new OGL, you will own the content you create. We won't. Any language you put down will be crystal clear and unequivocal on that point. The license back language was intended to protect us and our partners from creators who incorrectly allege that we steal their work simply because of coincidental similarities. As we continue to invest in the game that we love and move forward with partnerships in film, television, and digital games, that risk is simply too great to ignore. Um, I haven't read the actual clause and also I am not a lawyer, so I may not interpret it correctly, but, um, I think, I think there's going to be a revision of language in whatever the final one is. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, it's interesting, you know, you and I, when we originally talked about this, you had brought up like, Hey, they, um, like there was this leak and it's horrible. And it sounds like reading their response that like they intentionally released it to other creators well, or, or media what, for review. What I heard, what I heard behind the scenes, and this is being verified. Those are people I watch that I trust. They said they're coming out with stuff because they want to protect people's identities. But what happened? This all came about because Wizards basically had a meeting with contract creators and handed them these contracts and said, "This is the new OGL." And so they were like, "What?" And they were all. I guess there was like a feeling in the room of like, cause wizards like, well, you cannot sign it. And they were like, can we not really like they, there was a feeling of like, like writing on the wall. Like, well, I guess like we, you know, like this despair of, I suppose. And so that's how I think some of these documents got out because there was a contract attached to this OGL. So like a lot of people pointed out when wizards in their response said, well, these are just drafts. It's like, you don't attach a contract to a draft of a legal document, you know? Like, these are actual legal documents that you would, 
you know, oh, because then that would, I would imagine, cause a lot of legal problems if it's a draft. Because you could say, well, this is a draft. I signed it, but it's useless or whatever. You know, like you haven't finalized your language. So we could do. So there's no way that this was a draft. If, there, if it's true, like a lot of people are trying to verify this, like uh, D&D Shorts, I really like him. He's a Brit. He said that he's trying to verify a lot of this information now, some videos. But there's some people behind the scenes that are like, no, we were handed these contracts. And apparently some people did sign it. And if they signed early, they got uh, it was less of a percentage. They had to pay less royalties, basically. So it was like a sweetheart deal of like, if you sign now, you only have to pay fifteen percent and not twenty five or you know ten and not twenty, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, and, and what they said was royalties up to twenty five percent. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, right? Royalties up to twenty five percent could mean like, hey, if you cross that threshold of seven hundred and fifty thousand, then like it's scaled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a small creator, but you're making a decent amount of money, 750,000 a year revenue is pretty stinking good Yeah. Um, for a small creator. So if you're doing three quarters of a mil, you know, maybe it's. Well, again, that's revenue. revenue though. That's and not profit. Like you have to pay people and stuff like that. Correct. But if you're also making that level of income, right? Like you're a small operation. You're not giant. So, you know, you've got maybe some artists and, and yourself, but it's critical role is probably insane. critical role is probably the one example of what I, I think what I heard again, this stuff has to be verified, but they really, I think, ha- well, like a month ago and, and I'll bring in magic into this, you know, a couple well, it was probably before the first of the year Hasbro had a investors meeting and they wanted to monetize uh, magic more and D and D. And I mean, you play magic and so, you know, uh, you've seen that. You could probably talk more about that. But what I've noticed on my end is like, man, there's a lot of stuff coming out for Magic, and uh, I can't keep up with all this stuff. So I think a lot of people... Oh, yeah, no. The, the, the Magic community is um, has a lot of grumblings going on. Like, hey, you're producing way too much stuff. It's really hard for us to keep up. I mean, it's cool stuff. I, you know, I talk to, to our friends that I do our every other week uh, Magic Night with, and, you know, there's cool things coming out. I think the biggest frustration is monetizing, you know, for decades, Wizards has promised like, hey, we're never going to reprint these things to maintain their value. Oh, yeah, the cards, yeah. There's a select amount of cards that are like off limits. They will never be reprinted. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, we're going to reprint them in this, whatever they're calling it, like Legends re-release or something. The secret layer. Well, there's a $1,000 a card. Yeah, there's like the secret layer drop and they do like the anniversary drop and stuff like that. I I mean, I've watched it a little bit because I was like, oh, those cards are cool, but like it's random just like everything else. I don't think you get bespoke cards in those drops still. So you don't know what you're getting and you're paying. Well, yeah, but you know you're getting these small set of previously banned reprints. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, for a lot of people in the community, particularly people that are collectors, like that, that's a big, like, WTF, guys. Now, you know, uh, Wizards is owned by a larger corporation. I don't know when that transaction went through, but I think Wizards has been making sort of this pivot, sort of transition towards being a little bit more profit-centric for well, yeah, a I mean, while. That was, because ha- they're owned by Hasbro, and that was their, they literally had an investor thing, and they said, we need to monetize D&D more. And it was like, uh, okay, uh, all right. And so a lot of people are like, is this how they're trying to monetize D&D? Because I think in the background what happened was a lot of creators are upset by, you know, the OGL changes or at least the leak, whatever, that they were canceling their D&D Beyond subscription because with subscriptions you get a bunch of perks. People were canceling those, and apparently, again, this has to be verified, but behind the scenes, the higher-ups were, like, actually able to see that they were losing money because they were looking at the subscriber numbers dip and we're like, oh, man, and their stock's taking a hit. So, it, uh, you know, a lot of creators are like, hey, it's working. Now there's, like, all the people I watch that do D&D content are like, let's talk about other RPGs we want to cover, you know? Like, it's, like, you know, publicly it's not a very good look to... I mean, I understand, like, wanting to update the whatever, but, like, I think... Uh, I think somebody pointed out, I was just watching a random video because it's hitting my timeline now on YouTube. Somebody said, hey, if, if this is their intention of, like, getting notes... Couldn't they just say, hey, here's the changes of the OGL that we're considering? And they could have done a post on D&D Beyond and been, or, or like at least the content creators or something and been like, what do you guys think? You know, yeah. like. I, I, I tend to, to lean towards, right, like you've got people that are doing a job and their bosses have said, hey, we need to figure out a way of making more money off of this. 
So now you've got executives sitting around trying to figure out how they can make more money. And, you know, depending on how committed they are to the environment, right? Like for a lot of people, it's just a job. They don't love the ecosystem. They're not yeah. as it, committed as, to it the same way. As so a, they're going to make screw-ups. As a, as a quick aside, there was a Nintendo investor meeting like a year ago, two years ago. And one of the investors of Nintendo, literally in the investor call, said, because the, you know, the games press can listen in on the call and, like, report, you know, hey, this is up, this is down. And apparently one of the investors for Nintendo was like, why are we talking about video games so much? And I was like, what, uh, what, do you know what company you're, you know? So- but, but again, right, like, that's the product. But I think there's a huge disconnect between the people that love the product and and what the product actually is. And so... Right, like you, you run into this um, sort of space where people that don't care about D and D, like their attorneys and and you know a large amount of their marketing people, maybe or or their analysts, like could give a crap about D and D or magic, right? Like they're just in there doing a job trying to make this company profitable. Yeah. So yeah, I could totally see them being tone deaf because they're not connected with how much people love you know, this history and this, right. uh, this environment. So I'm not surprised by the faux pas, right? We, we get this kind of crap from businesses um, all the time Yeah. in, in the world we live in, right? Like it's, What's that? It's, the, the, the old saying of capitalism going to capital, you know, or whatever capitalism is going to be capital. Like it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could easily say that and, and it sucks because, you know, this is this is a product that is deeply, deeply loved by the people that, that are involved in it, that play it. Um, you know, the community around it, the creator environment around it has, has grown and has exploded. Uh, I would really question how many creators are bringing in three quarters of a million dollars a year. Yeah, I, I think that... Probably a handful of people probably so people getting really bent out of shape about that i think it's just naive and if you're making three quarters of a million in revenue joe not profit in revenue <laughs> I, I get the difference between revenue and profit if you're making three quarters of a million dollars a year in revenue and your margins are so skinny that bringing in a 10 percent, 15 percent, or even a 25 percent royalty is going to collapse your business you shouldn't be in business yeah i think what was good about that language is they said hey we're not going to do this till 2024 so you as a as a you know a company like critical role they have a production staff they can go okay so this is where we see our channel you know this is our over you know they could crunch the numbers and say okay and and, and strangely enough i guess critical role released kind of a a lot of people were negative about it. I think they were, I mean, a lot of people pointed out they probably signed tons of contracts because they've, like Matt Mercer's written books for D&D, like official D&D books, yeah. and they have their yeah. own press. And so a lot of, I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to uh, fault them. If you're contractually liabilitated to like, you know, there may be a clause in there, like you can't disparage Wizards of the Coast or whatever. No disparaging clause. So yeah. that must have been a rough, yeah, that must have been like a really rough statement for them to draft because they did say a thing of like, hey, we're with the community and we've always been with the community. We want people to tell stories. And people are like, this is crap. And I'm like, they probably are. There's got to be some. If not, right? Like, like they get it, right? Like, you understand that Wizards is in business to make money. It's not in business. It's not a not-for-profit that's around to entertain people. It is a business that exists for profit. And that's the world that we live in, right? Like it's just the nature of it. So yeah, I mean, suddenly being charged for 25% royalty, I mean, you've got a year to pivot. It's going to change pricing structures. It's going to change how people you know, maybe staff, maybe it'll cause some layoffs for some of these smaller creators. Um, or maybe it just means that they're going to take less margin on well, it. They make less money. Well, also, so it's there. there's a lot of, like, third-party creators now that are like, fine, like, we'll make an open, like, Paizo that makes Pathfinder, they're a direct competitor to D&D, and those people used to work for Wizards of the Coast, and they split off and did Pathfinder, and it's very uh, profitable. It's very successful. And they basically released a statement and said, hey, we're going to work with a law firm, like a basically a third-party entity, and we're going to create an open role-playing game uh, content or whatever, and the orc. And basically, it's totally open, and it won't be controlled by us, so we can't step in and mess with it. This will be done by a third party. It'll be completely open. And so... 
you know, like I even talked to my group. I was like, hey, have you guys heard of this? What's been going on? Because we were going to start a game in a week. And they said, yeah, but it's really weird. It doesn't really affect us. But like, and I said, well, the way I'm looking at it is there's people that I follow that I enjoy their content. And if they can't make money, that makes me sad. I go, but two, like there is other games out there. And you don't just have to play D&D if you don't want to play. And like you said, there's a passion. There's a movie coming out in a couple months. And I'm going to go see it because I think uh, I think that I'm, my... I'm, I'm reserved. It, it, it could be good. It could be bad. But based off of the last one, I'm like... Oh, yeah. the What was that? The Sci-Fi Channel one with the... There was two of them. There was like... I think it was Sci-Fi or whatever. The villain, you know, the bald head guy. He came back for the sequel, but he was the only one. It was a new group of events. It's like they didn't have a lot of money for the first one, and I watched the second one, and they had less money. So if you can imagine I, that movie. I didn't, I didn't even realize that they'd made a sequel. Oh, yeah. My coworkers were he's like, you got to watch it. I, I got it. I got it on DVD or whatever. It was it was not. I It was one of those. You know those movies you're like, I felt bad because he let me borrow it, and I had to watch it in like 20-minute chunks because it was like I did like take a break because it was, it was like, I got to get through this somehow. Um Anyway, I mean, I, like like you said, there's passion in the community, and I think for me, yeah. I understand. I mean, I'm up. I mean, not upset, but I understand this is how capitalism works. I still want to support. You know, like a lot of people worked hard on that movie. Like that. That's the thing with all this is like there's stuff with Harry Potter going on. There's a game coming out. People don't like J.K. Rowling now. How do you how do you buy the game with something that you like, but you you find maybe the creators you know, you don't like the creator. How do you separate the art from the artist? My thing is like, yeah, no matter what problem I have with Hasbro and everything, I, I did tell my group like, hey, I want to try their games. And they were like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Let's do this and maybe we'll try other games. But I still want to support like the movie and stuff like that. Like it, it looks fun. And and those people making the movie, uh, I mean, at least the creators, they seem to love D&D and grew up with it. So, you know, it, it sucks. But it's like, you know, plus all the fan content, they said, there's like a different fan bucket. So like live streams, um, cosplay, art, all that is on the fan tab. So you could still do all that and you're not affected by the changes in the OGL. Like that'll remain. So you could still do live plays. You could still do, you know, dress up like your favorite character, you know, probably not one of their characters. But, you know, so there's still like an avenue for you to enjoy the hobby without interacting with the... I think, I think the biggest most concerning items in, in 1.1 um, was that appearance that they were going to own people's creation. Um, however, it was worded that's poorly enough that that's not what they intended, right? Like, I want to see if I can that. find that because somebody did clip that out. And you're like, ooh. Uh. Um, you said there was four items in it. So we've discussed royalties yeah. a lot. Um, we've discussed them not owning people's IP and they were trying to put it in a way saying like, hey, um, if there's things that are close. Um, oh, they could change uh, the, they could change the deal at any time. Okay. And then the and other one. There, there, there is some concern in that, right? Because, you know, hey, you set up a whole thing. Maybe it's slower for you to pivot. Um, I, I get that. Um, they can change the deal within 30 days. Um, that's definitely not desirable. I could totally see why people would be upset because it's something that's changed, but that's pretty, pretty common. It's pretty common when you have a contract that's doesn't have a definitive end date, right? Like you have a lease agreement and rent in a place. Your lease agreement is for one year. So your landlord can't raise your rent within that period on that lease agreement. Um, since it sounds like this OGL is, I mean, it's an open license, so it sounds like it's um, in perpetuity. Um, individual people might have individual contracts that might get changed on the pivot, or maybe the OGL gets updated, you know, 30-day notice to anybody because yeah, you're not individually negotiating a specific contract with a specific term. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying, man. Yeah, I want to keep reading. Oh, yeah, there was a specific clause that people had highlighted of like, that doesn't seem, uh, it sounds like they're going to take ownership of something that you, they could take ownership of yeah. something you created at any point in time. Was my, yeah, this understanding from what people were upset about. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll just click on this tech crunch. I mean, I'm going to say it doesn't, it doesn't help. 
Wizards, uh, and by extension Hasbro. Um, it doesn't help their image. It doesn't grow their community. Uh, it garners distrust. Uh, we, we live in a very different world for like corporate communications now than we did, you know, even 10 years ago. Like everything is out there and open. Everything is discussed uh, ad nauseum. There is so much conversation about stuff that it is, um, it, it is, it is paramount that businesses be as transparent as they could possibly be, or they're going to suffer this level of backlash. Um, oh, we see it right time. right here. It says, if you accept OGL 1.1, you're granting Wizards of the Coast a perpetual irrevocable, uh, irrevocable royalty-free sub-license uh, down to TechCrunch. That means they have the forever right that you cannot revoke, uh, that you cannot revoke to use your work with without additional royalty. The section of the license is more detrimental to creators than the uh, monetary part of the license. Uh, the OGL affects third-party creators of game materials. Podcasters are covering. Oh, podcasters are covered by fan art, so that doesn't matter. But uh, he is still concerned about how changes at uh, Wizards of the Coast could trickle down. The fan policy contains a clause that says Wizards can shut down individual projects of creators that they deem harmful to Wizards brands. So that's a change from uh, is what it sounds like. So. I, I think what it is is, too, it's like the individual. Like, before it was like, well, since it's open, as long as you don't use these things, I mean, they probably have, like, Critical Role would probably get in touch with them of, like, hey, we're going to come out with a source book, help us out. But, like, individual creators are like, hey, I just want to make a Ranger subclass. They probably didn't have to get a hold of Wizards. You know what I mean? But now it's like Wizards... I think from a legal standpoint, too, that's got to be rough as a lawyer of, like, hey, do you guys want to do all this? Like, every individual creator is going to have to come to you and say, hey, I want to make a wizard subclass. I want to make this magical item. You know, is that harmful to the brand? Stuff like that, yeah. so. Well, and, and, you know, harmful to the brand, right? Like, take something that someone really loves a lot and then twist it, right? Like, take take the wizard class yeah. and make... I don't know, I can't think of something that I could do, but maybe take one of their like main characters or something that's already supposed to be off limits, but you know, you you twist them around and make them, you know, evil. Oh, it says right here, it says, uh, currently the fan content policy allows creators to use Wizards of the Coast IP so long as it's free. Creators are allowed to earn income through sponsorships and revenue through donations, but they cannot paywall any content. Um... I know Dimension 20, they released a statement. They use a lot of different systems. So people are like, how is this going to affect you? And they're like, well, honestly, like we don't use 5e stuff. You know, like we use other systems. Uh, to kind of bring this back, I think what it is is like a lot of stuff. I think it will affect creators. And I guess my love of D&D &D and telling stories goes beyond Hasbro. So, um, and I guess everybody has to make that decision for themselves. You know, a lot of people out there are saying, hey, I'm not going to support D&D anymore. They totally have the right to do that. Or there's other people going, I don't know. I mean, part of me wants to wait until they release their official OGL. They haven't uh, they haven't reworded it and re-released it yet. So part of me wants to see what their official response is going to be for, um, you know, what they come back to and say, this is what we really want. So th this is what our wording really is. So Yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, we're gonna have to wait and see what actually comes out, but it's still a bad look, right? Like you're still gonna turn people off. I just, I don't know. I get, I get a little bit. The hair on the back of my neck stands up a little bit when people get all bent out of shape because a business does something to be profitable for a business. Like, this is not something that they do for free. They have dozens hundreds of employees a massive amount of overhead they're like in business to make a profit and you're getting upset that they're doing something to protect their profit like how naive are you well i think i think the the thing comes that it's been 20 plus years and so right this is this is all this is all uproar because an expectation has been set that has been changed i think the biggest Thing on this that actually really does tick me off is the previous OGL's like final statement of like this OGL is in perpetuity. Yeah. Right. Like there's there is a very clear expression of intent, whether or not it was their intent, but it really feels like the original expression of OGL 1.0 was like we don't we don't want to impinge upon 
the community in any way. We want to encourage the community to be actively involved and at work with this product. Yeah. Um, and it really felt like that was their original intent. Really feels like now they're pulling the rug out from underneath. But, right, like at that time, Wizards had no possible way of knowing that companies were going to come along, that we're going to be making millions of dollars, and we're going to have a massive impact on the environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it does put them in a tough spot of, hey, we want to get a little piece of this, because, like, we're baking, we're baking pies, but, like, uh, whatever. It's I was going to make a bad analogy. But, like, the thing is, like, it, it sucks for them, but, like, I... I I think if they would have reworded and just said, if they would have left the other stuff out and just said, hey, listen, starting in 2024, we're just going to ask for some royalties, you know, okay. like, then you would have been like, okay, like. No, they've handled it terribly, 100%. Yeah. They, they didn't do it the right way. They treated the community with a very low level of respect. I think they would say the other way around, but in, in the world we live in, um, there has to be a higher level of transparency with this kind of a product, something that is so deeply beloved that is such a long, rich and meaningful history. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, what has it been around since 70, like the mid like, Hey, we're changing things. Like you, you've got to recognize that your fan base is going to get ticked and, and wizards is going to pay the price for it. D and D as a whole, as a community, as an environment is going to pay the price for it because unfortunately, Right, all the people that are so up in arms that they're going to quit, right? Like anyone that's around them and their immediate community is going to suffer because they're not going to be able to continue to do the things that they love, yeah. or at least not the way that they used to. They're going to have to pivot and adjust. Like it, it has deep ramifications. And um, Wizards didn't do a good enough job. And then they put out this other piece, like, "Hey, here's what we're trying to do," but they didn't come out in person and be like, "We're really sorry, guys." Like we're trying to do this the language was probably not done well like we didn't we did not handle this well but we really don't want to hurt this we love this product we love our community right like they didn't have any of that there's no empathy there's no humanity it's all just press releases and lawyers yeah and then you know a lot of people uh were upset at the the um uh it's like the last couple like the, the one about them like at the end of this uh Mm, there was like a part at the end where it was like oh they like a lot uh oh yeah i think this i think this should have been cut out a couple of last thoughts first we were able to release the OG, the we weren't we won't be able to release the new ogl today because we need to make sure we get it right but it is coming second you're going to hear people say that they won and we lost because making your voices heard forced us to change our plans those people were half right they won and so did we i think a lot of people online are like, what? <laughs> like that. Why would you, what? what? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, Oh, well you sent me that meme from what was that? Ragnarok or whatever. When he's like, Hey guys, like the Jeff Goldblum, like we did good. Right. Like, well, apparently again, this has to be verified, but behind the scenes, they are seeing a dip in subscriptions and they're, they, uh, apparently somebody came out and said, they work for wizards and they're like an artist. And they said, basically, I feel that we've been hearing from the higher ups that the customers are basically barriers to their wallet. And like, that's how they really feel. They don't really feel like it's a community, whatever, like they want to make money, but you want to have like that warm, whatever. But now it's like, no, they're just ATMs for us. And by them doing all this, it's just getting in the way of us, you know, sucking them dry. Like, so Simon Sinek, start with why think of the customer first. Right, like in the in the world of real estate, so many real estate coaches always talk about, um, you know, think of your client first. There's so many different places in the world of sales where uh, people are like, no, like solve a problem for your client. Think about your client. Think about your customer. What is it that your customer wants? What is it that your customer needs? And if if they're looking at their customer as an ATM, then they're not. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I mean, I I think for me, like it's normal. Yeah, I mean, you you and I, you and I, I mean, we've had really good, like, I've had really good interactions with, like, different products and stuff like that, and I'm, like, ride or die, like, hey, something broke, somebody came out and replaced it or fixed it, you know, and then I've had bad interactions where I'm, like, I don't want to support this, you know, and so this is something where it's, like, 
And then a lot of people have talked about, so let's say they change all this language and you're like, okay, this is copacetic or whatever. There's a lot of people in the community that are like, but this was their intention. So when are they going to pull the trigger on these other things? You know what I mean? Like, like how is this a ticking clock of like, you know, like, or did they, did they honestly learn their lesson and they're like, Oh no, we've got to be way more careful because like, if we do this again, even if it is solely a capitalistic drive, if they've learned their lesson, like, Hey, if we do this again, we're going to hurt our bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, I would, I would hope that they've learned that lesson that, Maybe they will do it again, but it's going to be 20 more years down the line when there's no one left of the company that remembers this group. Yeah. Well, also, too, a lot of creators, and I don't know how much this is, but if behind the scenes they really are seeing those subscriptions dip and their stock keeps going down, and a lot of creators... It's going to be a pretty sizable dip. Yeah, and the and the creators are saying, keep at it. You know, we, we're doing well. Don't... Whatever. If they see that dip even more, they'd be like, dude, we we don't want to, like... What did somebody said in a meeting years ago when I was in a meeting at a cabinet shop, they were complaining about uh, breakage because literally stuff does fall off the truck, especially when you're trying to go up to a second floor story window with a forklift. And I watched one go down off a second story and nobody was hurt. It was way in the open. And I was in a meeting with a new owner and he said, Are, should we start charging these installers when a cabinet breaks? And the plant manager at the time said, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, you're literally... Uh, you know, jumping over dollars to pick up nickels. Like, if that happens, we just make a new cabinet. That's just the price of doing it. And the owner, it was a family-run business, and he would come into the office with my boss and I several times and go, can you guys just get this in production? Like, just write, just write this job down. It doesn't matter. We've been, uh, they've been a customer for years. They just want this added thing. Just do it, and we'll send it out. We'll have somebody install it. Like, that's customer service of, like, we're not going to charge someone for these parts. And he probably paid the installer out of his pocket, you know, of like, hey, just go take care of this really quick. And like, that's the kind of community you want to foster because the customer remember that like, hey, they sent a guy out to do this and I didn't pay anything. You know, like I'm definitely going to think of the next time they I got owned their mistake and they made it right. Yeah. And, and, and what you're running into with wizards right now is their sort of half-handedly owning their mistakes. Like, oh, yeah, no. This you won and we won. Finished, yeah. But, like, we both won, right? Like, and, and, you know, I mean, the language in that is is just awful, period, right? Like, one one. Like, this isn't a competition, right? Like, you're not in a fight with us. Like, yeah. we're your yeah. customer and we're saying we're pissed off about this thing. I, I think for me, like I said, like, I'll still continue to support Needy. I haven't canceled my subscription just because I want to know what the new OGL says. Like, I'm reserving judgment to see the language that comes out. Um, and it, like I said, it, you know, my love of d goes far beyond Hasbro. But, I, you know, I, I do think that they handled this really poorly. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of, like, meetings of, like, what do we, you know? Because it's like, listen, you guys probably don't care about this. But, like, if we do right by these people, like... Uh, I think Matt Koval in another video, or, um, or no, maybe it was that same video you saw with the lawyer one where he talked about how they produce products and they can't produce enough. And like, that's why the third party people there, like there's a community aspect of this of like, hey, you're going to lose money, but you're gaining, you know, a community and love that like when they release dice, they will buy your dice. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the smallest thing. Hey, we got a cloth map of the Sword Coast. Oh man, that seems kind of expensive. I'll get it. I bought their officially licensed dice sets from different sets, and even though I got them at launch, I'm like, well, this is a lot of money for dice. You get a map and stuff like that, but I like them, and it's like, yeah, because I like this place. I support them. Is it a little bit more? Yeah, it is, but you know, I like it. So I'm a sucker for a map. So <laughs> it's like it comes with a map. Um, yeah, even my wife makes fun of me. She goes, I know you're gonna buy it. It's got a map. You're gonna just go buy the thing with the map. So I don't know. And I think, too, the the uh, precedent they set with the 20 years like that is bad, too, because if I was a lawyer, I'd be like, listen, we can legally do this. But this has been set in place for 20 years. So, like, you're poking a bear. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you I mean, any lawyer, I don't know if you got to the end of the legal legal video, uh, but one of the guys Hogue Law, who loves video games and tabletop, and he even he's a lawyer, Richard Hogue. He has a tan, uh, channel called Virtual Reality. He even started a stream with other lawyers called Trees of Eternity, and it was a D and D live stream. So he loves games, but he also gives 
like the Blizzard Activision deal in gaming, he gives like a legal breakdown of that stuff. Well, apparently at the the end of the video, the legal legal guy talked about he had a uh, Richard Hogue had a stroke around Christmas, and he's in the hospital recovering. And he said, "I feel bad that you know I'm doing a very surface level whatever of this." And he would be the one to do like an hour and a half breakdown of like the OGLs and all this. And I can't because I'm not, a, you know, I'm a lawyer, but I don't have the passion for it where he can look at the language and go, well, this is good. As a lawyer, this is good. This is bad. As a fan, this is good. This is bad. You know, um, I will say, too, um, I thought about that a lot because there has been a lot of, well, I mean, I, I figure in good faith on YouTube, there's a lot of lawyers now reacting. I'm doing quotes like they say they're lawyers. I'm good faith. I'd say that they are and stuff. But what I think is funny is. There's a lot of lawyers like reacting to this, and I'm like, man, there's like three lawyers there, and they they, they say they play D and D. What is that like at the table when you have a rule dispute? <laughs> like when you have three lawyers at the table, and one of them's like, no, this happens here. You're like, we got a table that like we can't. Like I don't know. It's anyway. I think yeah, you already have enough issues with game lawyering. Then you add actual lawyers. Yeah, then like, hey, well, let's let's read the text. You know, that's got to be the worst sentence to come out of their mouth when you're playing. Like, what? No. Um, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, well, oh, well, let's go to Jeremy Crawford. He designed the rules. Let's see if he wrote anything on Twitter. Oh, rules is written. He says, that, oh, God, it's got to be. Your Honor, I would like, I'm sure that comes out of Your Honor, I would like to. Um, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Hasbro is a corporation. They want to make money. But it does not help publicly, like you said, and, you know, privately. And the statement, I think, uh, somebody did point out their response to the beginning uh, the beginning of the response, it says, we didn't want people. Second, we wanted to address those attempt attempting to use D&D in Web3, blockchain games, and NFTs. And we don't want that. But a lot of people pointed out uh, there's pow- uh, Hasbro uh, owns Power Rangers, and there's uh, Power Rangers NFTs. So if they didn't really like NFTs, but it's a different brand. Um, I mean, I just, I feel, I do feel for those creators where they're like, you know, we're we're trying to do best by the community. We've had this in twenty. You know, we've had this deal for twenty years, and now you're just saying nope. You know, and I think one, oh, the fourth thing <laughs> at the end of the podcast, the fourth thing, the fourth thing was that th- by by this deal becoming well, by this text becoming legal or whatever, it revokes one point zero. So there was some language early on that said you can sign either one point one point zero or one point one. But at the end of 1.1, it says by this, by you signing this, or not signing this, but by this becoming, by this being the new OGL, the last OGL is revoked. Meaning you can't just say, hey, I just want to sign the 1.0. I don't want to sign with the 1.1 or whatever. So that was the thing where people were like, oh, so you're just taking everything away. Like, it's not like we have the option to, you know, because there could be people like, hey, you know what? I'm crazy. I want to try the 1.1 and see if I can make it work. And I'm going to do this product. See if I can make it work. If I can, 1.1 isn't that bad. But if I can't make it work, then I want to go back to the 1.0. And you can't do that, apparently. So. Well, I mean, at that point, there would need to be something. There'd need to be more give and take than just take. Yes. I think that's one of the big things, too, that maybe no one else has mentioned, but we haven't talked about for sure, is there is definitively no give from wizards in this contract it is all take we are taking away rights we're charging royalties if you're big we're yeah we we may own your work may or may not own your work yeah if you're if your work according to their version of it if your work is substantively close enough to what we already have then we're going to claim it um you know nothing Nothing in the new OGL is like, hey, but like in exchange for these additional royalties or these other things that we're doing, like we're going to add a new marketplace for creators or we're going to create, uh, you know, a creator liaison group where like we work with you and review your stuff. Well, they actually already have that. It's called the DMs Guild and apparently it's their store. Uh, and I haven't looked into that, but a lot of guys, a lot of creators are like, yeah, you could do that, but they're kind of turning everything into the DMs Guild because you could publish stuff because of the OGL 1.0 on your own. You didn't need the DMs Guild. But, you know, obviously Wizards would take a cut if you're in the DMs Guild. But it was that was all licensed stuff of like, hey, we've, we've you know, we've cleared this. You can use it on whatever. And they, they allow it to be used like an Adventure League and stuff like that, which is their version of live play. I've done Adventure League. Some things are off the table. Some things are on the table. The way I understand it, 
the DMs Guild, some of that stuff is, some of the stuff isn't. Um, well, the, the point I'm making is, is there wasn't anything like coming back out like, hey, like we're expanding this. Like, the community is a big part of D&D. And so like we're going to invest into this with this extra revenue, which will also bring in extra revenue for us. Like we want to grow this out. But in, instead, it's just like, hey, we're just going to take everything take back all the stuff that we've given you because we realized like we overgave. Yeah. I mean, I think we're both in agreement that it like it was like you said, it was handled poorly. And I think that there it's going to be rough. I think for the next couple of weeks, especially if they release the new OGL and uh, what that's going to say. Again, I I didn't cancel my subscription or anything because I just want to see I want to see what they say, and then I want to see maybe those online lawyers talk about uh, you know what they thought about it and stuff like that. So yeah. So well, Evan, thank you for joining me for this uh, weird uh, crossover of the grief of politics and this. I know we talk about this. You know, like I said in my intro. Gaming with grief, there's a lot of people worried right now. And so this is going to affect people, you know, and it is leaked. It isn't official, but by them releasing the statement, you know, it's it's not good, basically. And it's going to cause a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of undo uh, pain and suffering in a minor way. Not like physical, but like, you know, financial and, oh, I can't hear you. You totally. It's, it's going to create fear. It's going to create doubt, right? It's. Um, you know, it's frustrating with this thing that you love where there's sort of this wake up call of like, I really love this product, but you don't think of D and D as a product. No. Yeah. We, we don't, it's a game. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, for Hasbro, they think of it as a product, just like, you know, I don't know what other IP games they own, but we'll use like Shoots and Ladders. Or I think they own Monopoly, and they own a lot of uh, stuff. Monopoly, Clue, or, I think. You know, Power Rangers collectibles and, yeah. and other things along those lines, right? Like Hasbro thinks of it like a product, but D and D is more than a product to people, and the and the the consumers of that product, it is community, it is friendship. It is, um, you know, life routine for so many people in the D&D community, right? Like it's every week or a couple times a week, they get together with their friends and and they they break bread and they play games and they laugh and they cry and, and they have these huge adventures where they get to escape from their life for hours and you invest time and energy and emotion into this thing and <clears throat> it's not just a power rangers collectible it's yeah not just sitting around with your family and playing monopoly for a night right like there's such a huge difference in managing something like this and I, and you know it really seems to me like maybe hasbro is a little bit disconnected and maybe some of the executives they put in at wizards are a bit disconnected from from what the products are yeah. at Wizards versus what the products are at Hasbro. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll I'll probably update my pod when some of these other videos come out because apparently they will be interviewing or at least getting statements from people that work there to see like the sediment and what's going on and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely want to do cool. that. But well, thanks, Evan. I guess I will yeah. talk to you probably in a few days to do our other podcast that we do. What do you, Evan? I'll do it. I'll do this time. What do What do you want to plug while you're here? <laughs> We always do. Uh, uh, well, you know, as always, your agent guide. Um, check me out on YouTube. Uh, check out my website. I, I have a, a, a real estate side business with the primary focus of helping people find um, actually good, talented, and professional real estate agents in their area. It's important. Um, I'm very passionate about that, but also am a real estate agent here in Snohomish County, Washington. So anyone that lives up here that's maybe looking to buy or sell a home, I can help with that too. Or if you just have a question. Yeah, and again, your videos are, I've said this many times, but I do like that they're short. Have you, when's the last, were you taking time off for the holidays? You haven't done a video in a bit? Um, yeah, I haven't made a video since, actually, since we went to Japan. I uh, got back from Japan, got sick, then had... Um, you had to re-up your license. Had to renew my license, which took a bit of time, because there's a lot of class hours you have to yeah, go into yeah, on awesome. your first renewal. Yeah. And then... Um, in that same time frame, you also had Thanksgiving, Christmas, a lot of other stuff. So I'm behind the curve, um, but all the content that's out there is still useful. Um, 
there's still a lot of stuff you can learn from it. Even things that are you know more specific to our time, they're still valuable. I try to make everything as valuable as possible. Um, and more will be coming this year. Uh, as, as, I mean, you can see on the video call, people listening can't see, but I've, I've done some improvements to my recording space. Yeah. Um, you have like a command center there. I just have a, a desktop with like a mic. So I'm very impressed. You have like mounts and stuff. It's weird. It's crazy. You're like half the, right. halfway to a spaceship. Uh, I mean, Joe, it's not that expensive. You could do it yourself. I mean, mine's mine's okay. My setup's okay. I haven't got that many complaints. <laughs> so I spent twenty bucks on the. I, I got the mic. I spent. Luckily, Apple did that update, so my mic works again. So that's always good. Um, I, w- I would also like to plug our other podcast, Grief of Politics. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh, we only do that once a month. Those are a little bit longer recordings. Although this is probably a long uh, gaming with grief. Yeah, we're about fifty-three minutes in. I'll have to cut out the thing with the dogs. But uh, and people are like, what are you talking about? And you won't know. And the missing audio. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's not a big deal. Right. So, so that's 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 my plugs. Hey, all right. Well, I will talk to you guys again next week. Ah, oh, that was it. That was our that was our talk on the OGL. Uh, I hope you guys found it informative, or at least you know wanted to look up the stuff uh, that we talked about. It's been a big ongoing saga. And like I said, towards the end of the pod, uh, there's n- there's not been an updated OGL. Uh, but before the show ends, I want to remind you that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. So go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show. You can also subscribe to the podcast in either Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and you can listen to the audio day and date, Monday at 7 a.m. on YouTube. Go to those places. Uh, give me the likes, the stars, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also write to me at gwgpotfellows at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you think of the show, or if you use a suggestion, let me know there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe. So, uh, yeah, like I said before, you guys have a good week, and I'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>